Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch with the one and only Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And J.D. Rogers. Hey, everyone. Why, why'd you go to her first? Just mixing it up, bro. <laughs> I honestly looked at you like, gotcha. <laughs> Eating it on your toes. Okay. All right, guys. Football's back. Yes. <laughs> Things are Go sports. getting somewhat back to normal, kind of, depending on where you live. But mm-hmm. anyways, what are we talking about? Today, we're talking about, you know, this is a, requ- a request from the crowd. We love when you guys send in requests and mm. you you guys are asking questions about, hey, could y'all talk about this or that? We really appreciate it. Um, in this one, someone said, hey, how the Bible calls me to honor my mother and father, but how do I show honor to my parents if they aren't Christians or if they're giving me advice that is not biblically sound? What happens if I feel like I'm more spiritually mature than my own parents? Things can just get really muddy. And so, first off, where are they even getting that from? Where Where is this idea of like extreme precaution to honor your mother and father? Yeah, it's a good question. So all throughout the Bible, in the Old and New Testament, it actually tells us to honor our father and mother, starting in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, where it says, honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that your Lord, your God is giving you. What do you think God was saying when he wrote that? You in which part? Like honor your father and mother, and you'll live long in in the land God's given you. If I was gonna guess, I would say uh, this is an Exodus. Mm-hmm. I would say there's just a principle in in that long life was value. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm I'm speaking from that. I, I don't you know, go. man. You I, go. I, I think it's like, hey, you honor, you so us. your dad doesn't be like, hey, son, I'm going to kill you and make another one of you with me and your mom. So uh, I don't know. He just says, hey, didn't honor they, your father. I, didn't I, they live to be like 187 or something? No, not when X. I always didn't. thought like, honor your mother first. So like, um, basically, like if you're a good kid, you're going to get a lot of like land and like a good house <laughs> and like God's going to bless you because you were good to your parents. Did, it work, did it work for you, JD? I, no, I mean, in the Old Testament where the, the no, they passed yeah, down like totally. inheritance yeah. because you were good. Yeah. It's not and a bad God's theory. like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to bless you. It's not crazy. So then the first, uh, it's also repeated in Ephesians chapter six, where Paul in the New Testament for believers says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a pro- promise that it may go well with you and live long in the land. So I first think- commandment with a promise. Yep. That makes it weighty. Like, yeah, that, that I remember reading that and being like, what does that mean? So what does that mean? It means it's the first commandment God gives. that has a promise attached to it. That's come on. That's so, answer it. But that's David. like so interesting. Why yeah. that one? I mean, there are so many commandments. It's like, love your neighbor as yourself. And if you do, <laughs> I promise to blah blah, but it's like honor your mother and father. Yeah, it's like was were things happening back then that needed to be like called in order? Because I know that in Exodus is when they first gave the ten command, yeah, like commandments. So yeah, I mean, I, I think Paul's saying, hey, this is the first one. I think he's just emphasizing the uniqueness of it and writing, hey, it's it's a command that has a promise attached to it that's thousands of years old, even by the time Paul wrote it. But I think the reason why I bring both those up is the same verse as repeating the Old and New Testament Yeah, as it's still related to the Christian ethic. It's a ethic. big deal. So yeah. now the question is, what does it look like to honor 
your father and mother? Does it mean that I, I need to always listen and obey my parents, even if they're not believers? Does it mean that, hey, if they're an abusive parent, that I should stay in that environment and I should stay with them? What does it mean to honor father and mother? Does it mean that I have to do everything that they tell me to? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. What does that mean? Or can I like give a scenario? Yeah, do it. Let's say uh, you are going to college and your dad is paying for it mm-hmm. and you feel called to ministry or you feel called to help children overseas or you help you feel called to like work at a camp uh, for special needs or, or something like you're like, I want to help the world. I want to make a change. And I feel God calling me to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never even gave that a second thought because my, my parents were like, nope, you're going to do business and you're going to, we're going to, we're paying for your degree. You're going to make it pay us back. Like you're going to, you're going to get money and yeah. it's all about money. And they like, you got to be successful and you got to, here's what you got to do. And you gotta be responsible for your children and pay for their college. And they like have all of these like responsible, very parent like reasons. Yeah. But it seems to contradict what you feel like God is calling you to do. Is it wrong for you to like not listen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good, uh, man, what a great scenario. Yeah. I think there's so many nuances though in that scenario that if, if your parents are saying, hey, um, you're 50 grand in debt, I don't think you should go be a missionary that makes nothing and has to fundraise for the next five years. Mm-hmm. And they, um, are your parents believers? Are they not? Yeah, I would say my parents have take me, taken me to church my mm-hmm. whole life. Mm-hmm. But as I went, when I went to college, I started getting really deep in my faith and I realized, wow, there was a lot of things off. Like yeah. growing up, I thought we were just, I thought Christianity was just going to church with my family every week and then like eating good food after. Yeah. Um, but now that I look back, there were definitely some unhealthy things. And I think my parents didn't fully understand the gospel. And so I don't want to say, I don't want to say my mom and dad aren't going to heaven. Yeah. Um, that would hurt. But I definitely would say I have learned things that I don't think my parents believe or know yeah. since I've been away from them. And this is in the hypothetical situation? Yes. Yeah. It's a very elaborate hypothetical situation. <laughs> I think it's like, I think it's really common yeah. where people go off and they start to get really, they, their faith takes off once they leave their household Yeah. and they start to look back and go, wait, but I've called myself a Christian my whole life. Mm-hmm. Why does, why did these things though that I was raised in contradict like, you know, why did my dad treat my mom that way? Yeah. Why was he so passive? Man, it's yeah. a good question. I think, I think it, it has to do with your attitude and your actions towards your parents. Mm. So in first Timothy chapter five, it says something really interesting. It talks through like, here's how to treat younger women. Here's how to treat older women. Here's how to treat um, older men. And it says, Hey, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. What's that have to do with this? It tells us that the way that Paul sought or instructed Timothy to interact, interact with older men this is going back to parents, mm-hmm. is how you should interact with your p- father. And he says, encourage them. So the attitude and the approach that you have towards a father or a mother is full of respect. Your actions also resemble respect. And that looks like in that situation where they're going, hey, you can't take that job. I think you should take this one. I think you respectfully engage in a conversation and go, here's why I feel like God is calling me to go do X, whatever mm-hmm. that is. I'd love to learn from you how you believe that would be not God's will for my life to understand that. And you just respectfully um, move in that direction. It, it doesn't mean that you blanket statement, do what your parents say every single time, especially if you're you know, 28 years old 
and your parents are non-believers and they're telling you to do things that, that contradict the word of God, or they're telling you how to think about things or what you should be doing that are not consistent with what God says really matter and priorities in life. Does that make sense? Yeah. But is it wrong if you, so I, what you just said was really, I'm like, wow, that was, that's like such a humble approach to go and be like, to, to ask for their input. Mm-hmm. But what would you say if the input that they give is really unbiblical? Yeah, I think at some point you've got to make the decision where Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, he's sitting around, he's hanging out with his guys and his parents come or his mom and his brothers come to outside the house that Jesus is in, he's teaching and, um, and I'm paraphrasing it, but they basically go, hey, your mom and your brothers are outside. And Jesus responds with an interesting statement where he says, my mom and my brothers, my family, quote unquote, is those who do the will of my father in mm-hmm. heaven. So it basically says, the uh, bond that I have with other believers who have the same faith is stronger than the bond that I have of those people. So my deepest family sense is the family of God would be another you know way of applying that to our own life. So I think if they give unbiblical and they encourage or they require or they're asking you to do something that contradicts what God's will is for your life. Um, like if they're like, yes, hey, you got to do that because you got to make more money. You should take that job because life is about making dollar dollar bills. <laughs> you would know this person is not thinking through the lens of scripture. So I know how to file that now. Yeah. And they're asking me to do something that God says is not how I should think. They're asking me to take a job based on a logic that is inconsistent with what the Bible says is the way that we should be making decisions as believers in Jesus. So I think you respectfully bring up how that is not help me understand from God's word. If they're a Christian, yeah. you know, mom and dad, you guys are believers and here's why I feel like this is what God would have me do. Can you help me understand how you get there? And if they continue to give those, give advice that's not biblical, I, I think at some point you got to say, hey, respectfully, I feel like I have to do what God is calling me to do. But I would be so careful making sure it's not just what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like you may have a, a Christian godly father who is right. You should get out of debt before you just go on a tour of Europe for a summer, you know, like there could be Mm -hmm. things where it's like that God told me I needed to. Maybe he also told you to honor your father and mother. So if you can't clearly um, see how the reasons why they're asking you to do something are wrong uh, or unbiblical or not what the Bible teaches, then um, I would just be slow on that. Have other people involved. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. That's helpful. I think what could happen is like, if God really is calling you to do something, maybe your parents aren't sound biblically or that mature or Christians, um, it can start to cause division. And I'm about to shift gears and talk about something that I think a lot of people are going to sit in the tension of. I know I'm already like getting convicted thinking about this. Yeah. Um, in it's kind of the idea of sharing your faith or calling out family. Like I think every person would agree the hardest place to evangelize is home. Totally. You're talking about parents who have or family members who have loved you, shown up for you, provided for you, put a roof over your head, have worked endless hours to put you through sports, through every extracurricular, have done so much, paid for your college, whatever it might be. And you mean to tell me that I have to tell them, but you know, (laughs) hard things that could really cause a lifelong of turmoil or like my grant, like my kids won't get to see them or whatever it might be like, you just don't know where it's going to go. And it can be, yeah. I, think, I think a lot of people, like a lot of young adults are like, I know my mom and dad, or I know my aunt and uncle, or I know my grandparents aren't living right. And right now I think that the Bible would say that they're not even going to heaven. Yeah. Um, how do I tell someone I love so much that? Yeah. And then I read Matthew 10 
Jesus says, for I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and so on and so on. And then also one time Jesus calls a, a guy and he says, can I go bury my father first? And Jesus is like, leave the dead to bury the dead. You follow me. Yeah. So it just seems like Jesus is anti like broken family. <laughs> like why would he be so okay with like the cost of following God is like, you might not have any family. Mm. Yeah. I think one, he was Jesus. So he knew things that we didn't know. So my guess is he looks at a guy who's saying, Hey, I need to bury my dead father. What the guy is really saying is my uh, scholars commentaries will even point out likely that guy's dad is not dead yet. It's not like he's like, Hey, I got the funeral on, on Wednesday, but, uh, could you wait? Like, you know, just one more day. And Jesus is like, sorry, Bubba, I got to get moving. Ship sailing. We're getting the camels boys. Bubba. <laughs> that, that he's, he's saying, Hey, let me bury just pick how it's phrased. I'm waiting. I'll follow you after I get my inheritance. And after my father passes away. So I, I don't want to lean too much on that one being Jesus's, mm -hmm. hey, fathers don't matter because that's not what the Bible teaches. Right. And when he talks about creating division, I think he's saying, I am to be your first love, your first priority. And when you do that, it's going to create division with you in the world, with you and anybody else who doesn't share the fact that Christ is the first priority. Why would I want to follow a God though that like my parents... If I'm questioning right now my relationship with God and the depth yeah. that we're going, sometimes it can seem like my parents who aren't believers have provided for me, yeah. cared for me, and loved me way more than God has shown up in my life. Yes. So why would I choose to trust a God that is like I'm so I'm so selfish? You follow me, even th and like even if that means that you don't get them, like why would I choose that God when my parents have provided for me more? Yeah, I think you're. Um I think what you're saying is, is a weird scenario where I don't think Jesus is calling you to abandon your family or to not love them. I think the way you approach a conversation and you do it humbly and the right attitude and actions. So your approach, your attitude and your actions really matter. If you're, I think what you're hinting at is like, Hey, if I share the gospel with my family, you know, my mom's Jewish and she's going to immediately go into crazy. You think I'm all going to hell and you're just some Bible beater yeah. and you know, go off the rails. I hope that you do it in such a way where even maybe she still would do that, but you're just going, hey, this is what God has been doing in my life. It may sound crazy to you, mom, but I'm finally experiencing peace. And you're just sharing from your own vantage point and your own perspective. And you do it gently and lovingly and kindly and um, in an honoring way. Mm -hmm. It's like this. Um, if the Queen of England, you guys know who the Queen of England is? Nope. Just, I just have always said the queen of England. The queen, man. She, <laughs> I, mean, yes, I would queen. guess Elizabeth. It is Elizabeth. If, if queen I Elizabeth. Like, I feel like that, that was a pretty sure guess. Just the name Elizabeth. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. Total queen game. Um, if she showed up in this room or um, the, I used to say the president on this one, but there's so many charged responses. <laughs> good grief. Yeah, that was Weird a good time. choice. Queen Elizabeth. Um, if queen Elizabeth showed up in this room, and you had a high amount of respect and honor and reverence for her, you would automatically know how to honor her. Hey, you wanna have a seat? Can I get you something to drink? I'm gonna show deference. I'm gonna be considerate. I'm gonna automatically moving to, move into honoring. Would I all, also automatically be like, I will take whatever you say as truth. I will submit to everything you say to do. No. I could still have disagreements and yet really honor someone. Does that yeah, make sense? That's, that's mm -hmm. actually really good. So in the same way, that's what Paul is saying with your parents. Show honor to them, respect them. 
don't honor them above what God's word says. I mean, Paul or Peter in first Peter chapter five, four, somewhere in there <laughs> says, fear God, honor the emperor. He said that about Nero. I mean, Nero was a psychopath who was burning Christians alive outside the city, who married himself. And he also married a little boy. I mean, he was a oh. crazy person. And yet Peter says, honor that man and show it, it's in the way that I talk about him and the way they think about him. And that translates not just to government, but to parents and the way that you interact and my attitude and my approach and my humility towards that person, where it's just so profound to me that, that Paul would say, First Timothy chapter five, don't rebuke an older man. Mm. The Proverbs say a rebuke is like a kiss on the lips. So you have two verses, one that says, faithful are the wounds of a friend and an honest rebuke is like a kiss on the lips. As in like, man, those are yep. good do things it. to do. And then you have a verse that's like, but not with someone older than you. But isn't that my brother? Like if they're calling us of Christian, like, isn't that my also my brother in Christ? Like, why would I not rebuke him? You, you still can, but he's saying encourage them. So it looks like me and my tone, my posture and how I approach it. It's very different. Hmm. It's yeah. not in a, hey, you need to stop doing that. And more of a, can I just make an observation? Here's something that I think could be damaging. And I know that's not who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And it just is totally different. And, um, and so as it relates to parents, having that approach doesn't mean that I agree with everything you say and I have to do everything because I ultimately report to God and I ultimately have to submit to him. And so if, if those contradict, just like with government, when, hey, Acts chapter four, we have to obey God rather than man. So if, if my parents are asking me to do something that God says not to do, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot clearer, but even in how I interact with them, I want to be honoring and, uh, and approach that with the right attitude. I feel like you do that really well from what I've seen. David, obviously I haven't seen you with your parents, but the tone, posture, and approach, I, I think there can be some hardship there with, um, with, you know, your parents and your family can get you emotionally charged like none other. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's the worst of you that comes out when you're around the people that you're the closest with. Yeah. So how would you encourage somebody if they're like, uh, I hear you and in hindsight, yes, that's great. But when my dad or mom or somebody is in my face, I'm like, all of a sudden they're like, are you even a Christian because of the way I just acted? Yeah. I think, I think you ask for forgiveness. You like, it's weird. We snap back into like eighth grade yeah, version totally. of us <laughs> or, or more accurate, like junior high or not junior, a junior in high school. It's yeah. like, you go back home, you're back in that old house and you snap back into like, mom, where's the pop tarts? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I think you have to, especially just as you grow in your faith, it's like treating them like a human. Mm-hmm. Like we snap into, I don't treat them like a, a person. I treat them like a parent who has some agenda, who wants me home at a certain time. And I think you, you got to come to a place where like, I'm going to treat them like they are a human and how I interact with them. So just like any human, I would ask forgiveness for the things that I've done. And just like any human or any person I'm interacting with, if I wasn't God's man, I would ask for forgiveness and um, I would own what I can. I would go out of my way, even if they have, cause that's where wounds are so deep that it's like, well, they've never said, I'm sorry. Mm. They're, you can spend your whole life waiting for them to say you're sorry. Mm-hmm. And you can carry that with you and just keep waiting and, and keep being let down when they don't. Or you can say, they may never, but I'm going to do what God calls me to do, which mm-hmm. is own anything that I can and ask for forgiveness on them. And that's between them and the Lord. He's the one that actually changes hearts and moves people. So that would be what I would encourage. Jesus said, I mean, Jesus felt some of that where he said a prophet's only without honor in his hometown. Yeah. yeah. When, when the people around him were like, man, this is Mary and Joe's boys. Yeah. Nothing special. That's really good. I know that um, 
a lot of our crowd is probably going through this. You go away, like JD said, and your life gets changed. You, you find Jesus or at least hear the gospel. Clearly Jesus died and was raised to life again, that anyone who believes can have eternal life. It's not by works. And then you come home and so much has changed and you might be changing at a level that's different than the people around you. So it, it is hard. But what I've seen in experience is that those relationships, as you're also moving into like your young adult life and, and getting older, those relationships can be different in a really sweet way as you, you turn a corner with your parents, start seeing you as a peer. Um, one thing that I found helpful, take this or leave it, um, y'all might have different ideas, but I realized I got so passionate with how my life had been changing that I would come home and just kind of like sling it everywhere and that can create this like, okay, who do you think you are? Yeah. Like, oh, now I'm afraid to be myself around you because you're so this holy girl now. Yeah. And one thing that I found that was really helpful and just like tactful is I would start being intentional to just build relationships and get to know them in a different way, like my family. So every five conversations, I would do this five to one rule. Every four or five conversations that I have, of just of not bringing up anything spiritual, then the next one I would bring up something spiritual. That way I didn't isolate them and push them off and I was still loving them and just getting to know them as a human, like you said, Dave. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's good. good. It's really good. I'm just, we can begin to wrap up. I, I'm just uh, feeling for the person, like kind of in that situation that they went away and they found the faith or they started really taking their faith seriously and learned a lot and right. And like, maybe they're at a season of going, I know that there are things in home. Um, my parents love me or my parents were awful or whatever it might be. And my home has now become an obvious place for me to need to like share the gospel yeah, and call out things that patterns and re things that I've recognized um, that are just wrong. And, that's so intimidating. Yeah. Like I think for sons to go to their fathers, mothers to go to their daughters and say, you hurt me here, or I thought this, or, hey, I don't think this is in line with the Bible, or I don't think you're a Christian. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just crazy. As you become more aware, you can't unsee. Yeah. yeah. And like your home life, so much of who we are, is attached away with the way we were raised. Yeah. So when you become deeper in the spiritual faith, you're forced to like begin to address the way that you were raised by your parents. Mm -hmm. And you can easily start to go, my parents really messed me up or my parents weren't as healthy as I thought, or I just thought yeah. that was normal or you just start to recognize things. Yeah. yeah. And so what would you, as we wrap up, David, like what encouragement would you give to the person who is in that, that tension of, man, I'm still figuring this out. I don't want to come off judgy, um, but I can't just keep turning a blind eye simply because yeah. they're mom and dad. Yeah, I would I would do everything we've talked about, just as you engage in conversations where it's appropriate. If they're not believers, it's a very different way to approach them. And that the first priority uh, you know, on their plate is them trusting in Jesus. So I would out of the overflow of your own story and how God's been at work in your life, just share that way in a humble way. Um, but if they are believers and you're like, man, this needs to change, or I feel like I should say something, I would do it first. Timothy chapter five says, I would encourage them as you would a father, because they are your father or your mother. And I would lovingly, gently, respectfully, humbly have those conversations. And um, that line of humility looks good on everybody. And it looks good even on your kids. And, um, and you're not responsible for what they do and the decisions that they make and whether or not they listen. 
you are responsible for how you say it, how you share it, and how you go about having those conversations, which are hard. I totally agree that, that one of the most challenging environments is to share and to come off the right way. But you may come off the wrong way. And you know what? You can only be responsible for how you share and what you share, but, um, but especially how you go about doing that. So that's good. I love it. That is it, I believe, for us. We will see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.